Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets, no, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese, or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, juicy Quarter Pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. What's up, everybody? This is Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. This episode is brought to you by Challenge Mania Live Nashville. That's right. It's the first show of 2020, and we are coming to you live from Zany's Comedy Club in Nashville, Tennessee. We're bringing Big Easy Eric Banks, Tori Hall, Kendall Shepard, and Miss Maddie Bro. You can get tickets at ChallengeMania.Live. You can get tickets to all of our shows at ChallengeMania.Live. That's right. That includes Tampa on April 4th, Dallas at the Addison Improv on August 1st, and if you have a little bit of time on your hands this weekend, we will be in Miami at the Miami Improv with CT, Nani, Josh, and the Godfather, Mark Long. And you get tickets to everything at ChallengeMania.Live. All right. You didn't come for me. You came for D. And if you came for D, you're in luck because today you get two of them. But here's the first one, Mr. Derek Kaczynski. What's up, dude? Okay, I can't believe she stole my, my gimmick, dude. The gimmick that I've been trying to get away from from the beginning. I was like, why do you say that every time? And now she's taking it. It's been two years, and our guest is taking it. It sticks. It stuck as a catchphrase. You didn't come for me. You came for D. People use it. People buy the T-shirts. People like it. Yeah. You didn't come for me. You came for D. Hey, you know what? It's it's the wrestling promoter in me. It's the catchphrase creation that I always wanted as a kid doing backyard wrestling, SPW, when I was one half of the Stanford Studs. Anyway, uh, look, what you're talking about is the We Came for D t-shirt. It's an offshoot of the You Didn't Come for Me, You Came for D t-shirt. You can get both of them at challengemania.shop. And if you want to get one of them as a long sleeve t-shirt, D, you got the regular long sleeve t-shirt, and then we got the long sleeve baseball tee, the Raglan style. They're on sale for $22.95 all the way through the holidays. That's right. I think we're going to keep it going through the new year so people who forget to get their their family and friends gifts, and they're like, uh-oh. They show up to the Christmas party, uh-oh, forgot to get Steve something, uh what is he like? Uh, he likes the challenge. Uh, I didn't come for me. I didn't come for D. Uh, and then you can go to challengemania.shop and spend twenty two ninety five yeah. for a gorgeous long sleeve t shirt. Yeah, you came for you came for this D and that D. You get a guy and a girl version. However you like to do it. I wore mine at the gym yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I just sent you the uh, the fresh new Miami Vice style Challenge Mania logo that we're going to have in Miami this week. But you can also get that all year round at challengemania.shop. What do you think of those, D? Yeah, no, they're good. They're good. And I got to give a big shout out to Craig Marrier, you know, with another sick poster. Um, I went to get a haircut today and I was like, look, look, your haircut to, to my haircut, the lady that cuts my hair. I'm like, look, your haircut is, is, is a, is, is a comic book drawing now. Like every time she's like, these, I'm like, these are your haircuts that go on these pictures that Craig draws. They're awesome. Yeah, shouts to the man, Pan14, at Pan14 on Twitter, at Pan14 on Instagram, although on Instagram, you got to write out 14. On Twitter, you get the discount, you just put the one for. Uh, he does all of our artwork, does most of our t-shirts and logos, does a lot of our flyers too. So shouts to Craig Marrier. Hope uh, he and his lovely lady have a happy new year, happy holidays. Happy holidays to all you guys yep. as we come to a close here, 2020. This may be the last Challenge Mania interview we bring you in the year 2019. Um, we're gearing up for the Challenge Mania Awards over at 
patreon.com slash challenge mania. If you come a maniac level patron, you will get to vote in the challenge mania awards. Of course, it is free to be a part of the conversation and feel free to chime in anywhere we, uh, you know, post the, the nominees and stuff like that. It's of course a hundred percent free to be a part of the conversation. But if you want to vote similar to how we did the challenge mania hall of fame this year, we're trying a new thing. You have to be a maniac level patron to get a vote in the challenge mania awards, but the maniac level patron tier, that's the $15 tier also gets you the war room also gets you all of our bonus podcasts. We're going to be doing a gauntlet two breakdown over there. Lots of fun stuff at patreon.com slash challenge mania. The war room does not end with war of the worlds two going bye-bye. Okay. We're going to have a bonus podcast every week during the off season, really fun stuff. Some bonus interviews will bring people over there for exclusive interviews only for maniac level patrons. So, uh, Shouts to all you guys. It's going to be a really good time, uh, and we should have the nominees for you in the next week or two. Really tough year to put these together. Easy in some ways and tough in others, and I think because it's such an outlier of a year in the sense that you had War of the Worlds 1 and 2 where you had a lot of the same players playing on both seasons, and then you had some players who came in and really only hit one of them, like the second one, but they like won the season. Like, you know, your CT, or your, uh, your Jordan and your Tory. CT, of course, did have a, a few episodes of War of the Worlds 1 there, but so a lot of rookies in play this year, a lot of rookies that made some dents. You know, you got your Georgias and your Theos and your Bears and your Joshes. And of course, your Dean wins who won the championship, the only female to win a championship in the year 2019. And can't forget about Ninja Natalie, who made two finals as did Car Maria. So a lot of tough decisions to make. We've been marinating on it. We've been going back and forth on it. Can't please everybody, but we'll have that info for you guys probably in the next week or two. Maybe we'll drop it around Christmas. Uh, voting should start towards the end of the year around New Year's because of that. And because I think a lot of people have been really energetic about the finale and a lot of the, the stuff going on and the winner, the winners in the end of the season, we have a ton of new patrons to announce. So what we're going to do is we'll, we'll announce those in the outro. Uh, you know, it's going to sound like a laundry list of patrons that I want to give them the ample time and thank you. So we'll do that during the outro. So if you're a new patron, you haven't heard your name on the podcast yet, listen to the outro, uh, cause we do want to get to Dee Nguyen. She had a lot of great stuff to say about War of the Worlds too. Yeah. And, and whether, whether you're, um, you know, a patron or not, like, I think that this is going to be a fun, a fun debate for, for everyone. I think this is going to be a fun, um, a fun, a fun finale to the, to the, uh, to 2019. Um, yeah, whether, whether your vote counts or not, right? Yeah, and what's cool about I and mean, look, and even last year, you could tell. I mean, we'd post the nominees in the Facebook groups, the Challenge Fan group, of course, at the Facebook page that we run, facebook.com slash Challenge Mania Podcast. We're constantly putting it up on Instagram, on Twitter, and stuff like that, and giving shout-outs. You know, the nomination stage is really fun, because you get to shine a light on all the people who had great years, because everybody nominated, and not even everybody who's not, even people who don't make the cut, a lot of people had great years, and a lot of stuff to show for it. We've added some categories this year. I think we're adding, uh, you know, maybe a best pair or couple um, or duo category moment of the year I believe we're adding we're not we're getting rid of uh, most improved but so the nomination stage is really fun. We get to tag everybody, you know, throw some compliments around and really let people know that their performances on the show were appreciated. All those bumps and bruises and scars and blisters. I don't know if you see some of these pictures. Natalie's and uh, Kara's have been posting lately, but you know, you take part in the final, even if you lose that thing, you're coming home with some scars and some bruises. And you know, you might not have a championship to show for it. I know it's not the same thing, but getting some love from the maniacs and getting some, some nominations and maybe some awards, even though this is just a 
silly little thing we do over here. We like that it's become sort of the de facto more respected challenge awards every year. And I know a lot of people, I know last year Hunter winning that comeback player of the year award, that meant a lot to him getting that, you know. Um, I know Tony Raines had a really good time making videos, thanking people for those awards that he won last year. So um, it's a cool thing. We love doing it. The, the challengers uh, love being a part of it and getting the recognition some more than others. But uh, we appreciate everybody who chimes into the conversation, even if you don't become a maniac level patron to vote over at patreon.com slash challenge mania, even a comment or a tweet or a thought, um, is well, you know, well appreciated by us. And, you know, hopefully you could do it in the form of a compliment and talking about who you are happy is nominated or maybe someone, oh, maybe, oh, I wish so-and-so would have been nominated instead of like, why was this person nominated? They suck. But, you know, you can't win them all. Can't please them all, D. We'll see what happens. Yep. This is a really fun interview coming up with D. I think people are going to enjoy it. This was, this was, this was a fun one. So yeah. And uh, just like our last episode, this one also brought to you by Trust Brothers CBD. If you go to 499cbd.com, you can try their product for free. You just pay the shipping, $5 of shipping. D likes it. I like it. Uh, and it's a, a really cool product you can use. You can upgrade and get some other stuff too. If you're into the gummies, if you want to get the roll on stuff like that. But if you just want to try the product, they will send you a bottle of the, uh, the CBD, the liquid, uh, $5. Just pay the shipping. It's 100% free. 499cbd.com. That's 499cbd.com. And you got to use the code. You know what the code is, guys. You're just not your first rodeo. Mania is the code at 499cbd.com. Um, all right. What do you say we uh, get over to uh, Dean Nguyen, the challenge champion, the first champion of the season to come on the podcast, potentially our last guest of 2019 as we make our way into 2020, Barbara Walters style. Wouldn't have it any other way. We didn't even know who she was either ago this is someone who entered our lives in the last 12 months you know you know you know entered our lives and uh stole our hearts and uh you know is instantly a favorite i think of a lot of the maniacs a lot certainly a lot of the people that were with us in san francisco but uh dina win is going to probably be our last guest of 2019 and a happy new year Yes, to anyone who's going to skip the outro, and I, I don't recommend doing that because we got some great in info in there that I'm not going to tell you what, but it's info you don't want to miss. Uh, to anyone who skips the outro, I just want to say uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, uh, Happy Kwanzaa, anything you guys celebrate around the, these uh, holiday season. Happy holidays to everyone. Happy New Year's if we don't get you to before that. And uh, looking forward to seeing a lot of you guys in Miami on December 21st to Saturday. What a way to end the year and ring in the holidays, D. I've already been adding some little you know, uh, Christmassy songs onto the playlist some classic Miami fodder on there too. Going to be a good time. Miami improv this Saturday. Ho, ho, ho. Merry ho, Christmas. ho, ho. All right, guys, here we go. Dina win. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the line right now for what might be the last Challenge Mania podcast of 2020, she is the most aptly named contender in the history of the challenge because her last name is Nguyen, and she is fresh on the heels of a new win on the Challenge 34, Miss D. Nguyen. How are you? Congratulations. Hey, guys. What's up? Thank you so much. I really love that. The new win, baby. <laughs> wow. Not, not only that, but she's also stolen my Challenge Mania catchphrase, which is, you didn't come for me, you came you for came D. You came for D. <laughs> I've, only, I've only been back in the Challenge world for about two years now, and you've already won a championship before me. <laughs> it, it, it and stole my catchphrase. Mind. <laughs> it absolutely blows my mind. Like, I don't, like, feel like it's real yet because I've just 
came back from traveling <laughs> and I like had to deal with all that stuff while I was traveling. So like coming back and then, you know, everyone knowing that I won was just like, whoa, this is crazy. Let's talk about, let's talk about this. So, you know, r- right off the bat, congratulations. I'm sure you're getting a lot of love Thank on the you. internet for the, from the past few days. And, uh, since everybody, you know, saw how this thing ended. But I mean, this season was a bit of a rough go for you up until this strong finish here. I mean, you had you and Rogan and the sort of ups and downs there. Ugh. And then, you know, which, which, which I think that had first started airing right before we had you in San Francisco and a couple jokes were throwing around and, uh, around the room and stuff. But then we got to watch it play out over the course of a season. You're also on this, this losing team and you're, you're sort of on the, how do I put this? You're on the, the, the wrong side of the team that you're on. You're sort of playing for the other team in a way while being able to stay in the game on Team UK. You ultimately win with your yeah. teammates, but you're sort of more playing along with Ninja and Kara and Pauly, who, let's be honest, were not yeah. the most popular players online this season. Before we get to the championship, mm-hmm. which that would be fun for everybody, how was this season as a whole to watch back for you? Um, the season was kind of difficult for me to watch because like my, my first season, I was in a relationship, so I wasn't like as open with my emotions. It was more so like me learning from West and like the whole politics and, you know, trying to overcome my fears and stuff. But then this season, watching it back and like my whole thing with Rogan just went, it was just, it was just crazy. Like I can't even explain. And it's just, it's kind of hard to watch back where, like, I wish I knew what I knew now because watching his commentaries and stuff, I'm just like, you fucking piece of shit. But like in that moment, I was just, I felt so stupid and like blinded. So it was, I try not to watch too many episodes. Like I think I only watched the final and then the swimming one and that's it because I don't really like to watch the other ones. Oh yeah. Oh, I got all types of questions about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so when, when you say a uh, piece of shit, like what comments are you like referring to? Like, what did he say that was like, you know, below the belt, well, I guess. Well, just the whole, um, you know how he was plotting to throw me into, to get rid of me. Right. And when he like went after the swim purge and like Joss and Kaylee left, like he was like really upset. He was crying and I felt really bad. And I was like, Hey, listen, like regardless of what's happened, like and all that shit, like I'm still here for you as a friend. Like I know, like, you know, if you're telling me now that you wasn't the one that came up with the idea to throw me in, like all this be given, he said, nah, yeah, baby, it wasn't me. It was like Joss. And then the commentary goes, Oh, D totally believes me that it was Joss. I was like, what the fuck? Is that when you found that out? Because uh, we had a similar moment last year with Hunter lying to Georgia as he was being coached by Wes. And, you know, we wondered, like, is that when she sort of figured out that he was just apologizing to kind of get her on his good side? Did you just find out with the rest of us that it really was Rogan trying to throw you in? Wow. A thousand percent. So I like when you're in the game, like you just go based off what someone's telling you and like. I obviously he's a very good liar, very good manipulator, and I just fell for it. And at that moment, I was like, it's better for me to just be riding with him because we're so close to the end than to have any conflict in case there was another like girls' elimination or something. And so, like, so help me if he was in the tribunal, he decides to throw me in, you know. So it was better for me to just go along with it. And yeah, I found out when everyone else found out. So <laughs> stupid me. Or, or, or hey, hey, it could have even been worse. You, you could have like been causing more conflict. You could have been spitting in his drinks or whatever girls do <laughs> to get back at guys. Who, I, whatever. Don't, 
Nobody's spitting anyone's drinks. I'm just saying. I'm being hypothetical. <laughs> you could have done. You could have said the worst possible fucking shit, and then at the end of the finish line, TJ may have been like, "So Rogan D, um, you guys can split this million dollars, exactly. or you can yeah. keep it to yourself." Um, so I think you would have possibly, you know, taken the high road and maybe you would have gotten your fair share, you know, but, um, thank God that didn't happen again. Um, there, there's a line in a movie that I really like called speed. That is that relationships (laughs) that are formed in, uh, I believe under, under extreme circumstances never work out. Right. And, you know, uh, obviously we've had our fair share of challenge relationships and showmances over the years, some of which led to, you know, marriages and kids and some of which went half a season, a full season, whatever. Some of which, I mean, we just saw Tori and Jordan, they're engaged and they, you know, one of them won a championship in the same season. So it can happen for the better. You and Rogan hit it off fairly early during this season. Um, and you seem to, you know, when you were talking about him early on, speak very highly of him. I think you might have thrown the L word in there once or twice. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. But other than that one hiccup. You're not the, lying. You're not no, lying. No, I, I was going to. I, I was being it. nice. Yes. You definitely said you love the guy. All right. Okay. Okay. Moving on that. So, here, so here's, <laughs> but here's my question for you. So in a weird way, besides the hiccup there where he debated throwing you in, right, and maybe cutting ties with you, it kind of worked out. I mean, you guys ended up obviously having fun along the way. You make it to the end. You both win separately. Who knows if you're going to combine finances, but you both have a championship <laughs> under your belt. My question to you is. Is it one of those things where you're able to separate the gameplay from him as a person, him as a relationship, because it worked out in the long run? Or is that still something where you're like, you know what, after what he did with the jaw thing, you know, I could never actually date this guy. Who knows what he'd do, you know, in the real world? It's not so much as, like, I... I got with him because I wanted to eventually date him. Like, I knew that it was never going to work out. Like, we live on opposite sides of the world. It's like a 24-hour flight. It's never going to work out. It just so happened when I was recently single, I came into the house. I just wanted to have fun. And the first person I had fun with, I was like, all right, sweet. Like, let's just do this. Like, see what happens, you know. Like, the thing, we've built a friendship before like you know like we were hooking up and stuff but like we got along really well as friends so that's why it hurt more what he did because i'm like you know we shared personal things like where i would like as i would consider him a close friend like a ninja or west to me so when he did that i was just really hurt um and moving forward it's just like i don't think i can trust him on a friendship level so i wouldn't really think I could work with him as well because if I want to work with them I need to be able to trust them as well as a friend so does that sort of answer your question yeah no that ma- that makes sense and it almost I mean the 24-hour flight there is sort of like the easiest sort of no pressure situation kind of thing to be entering into uh right off the bat I mean you know that okay. eventually at the end of the season you're going to one side of the world he's going to the other you're not like an yeah. uber right away yeah, it's just more so the fact that, like, he didn't respect me on a friendship level, you know, that that's why I was really upset and hurt. Um, I got a question and then we could we could we could end the love, the lovey dovey <laughs> questions after this. But this is this is like the first thing that comes to my head anytime anyone mentions like being in love, because you were probably asked, are you in love with him? And you were like, yes, I am. Have have you been in how many times have you been in love before? Um, I've been uh-huh. in love twice total. before. 
twice, two times. Counting Rogan, so that would, or he is the third. Uh, I would listen. Mm. Like when they asked me, am I? I don't think I was ever in love with Rogan. Like to be honest with you, I think I was more like in lust. And obviously, my relationship that just ended, I came in like he was the obvious rebound, right? Like what more just for a freaking stripper, English stripper. <laughs> um, so I, like in hindsight, I don't think I was in love with him because I didn't know him enough to be in love with him. You know, it was just more like we were in this high pressure situation and we just like clicked and vibe with each other in that situation. You had someone, if you have someone there with you every day, we were practically living with each other, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just, it makes, it's one of those things where you build really close bonds with people. And of course, I love him as a person, but I don't think I was ever like in love with him. Um, is it, I mean, you mentioned the rebound thing and part of it is wanting to, you know, get back out there and have some intimacy and whatnot. But part of it's got to be, I think I vaguely remember the first time you came on the podcast was like sort of like right around when you were breaking up with your ex, right? And he was kind of a a D bag, if I remember, and he kind of left you hanging out to dry on the way to a camping trip or something. So, you know, she left him out to dry because don't give him that much crap. dare you go back and listen to the beginning of that podcast scott and tell me flat foot but, but the guy the, the cliff note says the guy was a kind of a douchebag right so does yes. it add to the 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 sweetness of a rebound where as you mentioned english stripper you know you can't do better than that and not only do you get this rebound but you get it on national television that's going to be airing in australia albeit on a delay and now this guy's going to have to like be hearing from his friends hey did you see what d was doing with that english stripper oh, i man. love that aussie accent <laughs> Oh man, no worries, huh? <laughs> That's not what he sounds Guy's like. Guy's got a real wallaby on him, doesn't he? All right. That's um, actually pretty impressive. Thank you. Thank oh, you. he's good. He can do it. He does voices. That's what, what he does. What about you, Derek? Yeah, Derek. Yes, yes, let's hear it, Derek. Oh, One Australian. Uh, 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 no, uh, sweet eyes, mate. Sweet eyes, mate. No oh, worries. That's pretty good. That's actually Kiwi. That's Kiwi, though. Ah, there you go. I'm a fuck. Did you just call me a fucking Kiwi? <laughs> yeah, is that bad? I don't know. I feel I feel like she just, like, threw a Kiwi, like, at my head. And, like, kiwi is, no, like, kiwi is a person from New Zealand is a Kiwi. Uh, yes, a Kiwi is I was, I was in New Zealand last November, and I was actually, I've been doing a New Zealand, not to go on a real weird tangent here, but I've been doing a New Zealand accent for my son lately because we have this little glowworm <laughs> Uh, thing that a finger puppet that we got, and I've been talking to him with it, and I'm like, hey, Brooke, how you feeling today? And then doing with that, and I'm, I'm from New Zealand, and I'm a glowworm, and all this, and whatever. So I've been actually thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> and they have their, their, their national bird is the kiwi bed. And they're, we went on like five yeah, yeah. tours where we had to, they don't tell you this, but you can't see them unless it's at night. And then you got to be really quiet. You're not allowed to take pictures on your phone of them because it's like, that's like disgraceful or something. I'm like, what's the point if it's nighttime and I can't have a photo, my friends at home aren't going to believe that I stole the kiwi bed. So it's like, I don't need to be here right now, crouching down on the ground to see the glorious kiwi bed. If I can't show my friends on Instagram that I saw the kiwi bed, they're not going to believe me. So yeah, I snapped a photo or two. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't love it. Suffice to say, they didn't love it there. Um, okay. So, hey, no, 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 we can't move on from this. I'm sorry. Oh, we can't. So, <laughs> so when I was on the Dirty 30 with Jordan, he does an amazing fucking Australian accent. And there were times where I would just tell him, I would just ask him to just stay in character. Like, don't stop. Stay in the Australian accent. I would like refuse to talk. I'd be like upset. 
I'd be I'd be like really upset like if he'd stop <laughs> or he wouldn't continue it. And most of the time he would continue it for a while just to appease me. It's it's amazing. I love the I Australian accent. I actually haven't heard it. I haven't heard his Australian accent, so I have to ask him next time I see him. Oh, please do. Uh, last question about the Rogan deal, and then we'll sweep that oh. under under a, a rug in. Um, so w- did it make it oh any better or worse to have the Internet going through this with you? Like, was it cathartic to have people being like, oh, D, you're too good for him. Screw that guy. Oh, man, don't let him treat you like that. Or was it worse because you were like, oh, man, everyone's kind of watching me get played a little bit. How did you kind of use that stuff to your advantage or did it make it harder to watch? No, I think I love having it on international TV because I think every woman out there can relate to what I'm going through. Like we've all, all, all guys as well, you know, we've all been screwed over or played by someone before, whatever. So, you know, hopefully by people watching this and they see how I deal with it or whatever could take some inspiration and say they're not alone. Yes, we all feel the same way. So it, it was, it was nice that I had a lot of people like supporting me and encouraging me. That was definitely really nice. And, and to be fair, and to be fair, like, you know, when you're on these like reality shows and you're, li- you're literally, like she just said, you're living together. You're like, you wake up and you fucking go out and like, you're right. The, that person is right there. Like these things evolve like a little bit faster, you know, and seem longer than, you know, like your average relationship, you know? So to, yeah. to, to your, to your defense on, you know, possibly feeling like you're in love quicker than than normal like that shit happens yeah definitely 100 percent. like i don't discredit like i i don't regret anything i don't regret how i felt or whatever i felt how i felt and that was what you see is genuine feelings you see genuine tears and yeah i don't regret anything yeah, I, I think the hiccup was hard for a lot of us to watch. And besides that, though, it was really – you guys were a really fun duo there, little fun showmans because I think everyone on the Challenge Mania side of things are big fans of both you guys from your appearances on the show, from your appearance in San Francisco. Rogan literally spent more time on Challenge Mania than he did on Vendetta's, his rookie season. Because <laughs> – so, no, I'm not even joking. Like, I mean, when you – when you no, it's like a fact. Like, yes, he ran the race, but, like, ultimately episode-wise, he's in that episode for 8 to 10 minutes or something. Something. He was on Challenge Mania yeah, for 90 yeah. minutes. Uh, so I think like both you guys were sort of fan favorites in that regard. And I think, you know, seeing you guys kind of get to, you know, enjoy each other's company was cool to see. So um, moving on from that, though, something that you mentioned on your first episode of Challenge Mania that I think everybody was sort of uh, equally fascinated by and also just a little bit bewildered by was the idea that your mom doesn't yeah. know that you're a reality TV star <laughs> and that you're like now this international competitor on this show that's been on for 34 seasons. Now now, I don't know if you've received it yet, but now you're going to have like a lump sum of, you know, $250,000 before taxes, or I don't know what that, you know, equates to over there. But for what, like, have you, are you still hiding it from her two seasons in? Have you explained a little bit? Where are you at with that whole deal? So, uh, my mom still doesn't know. I sort of, when I went away. <laughs> Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets, no, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese. Or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, juicy Quarter Pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal, single item at regular price.
when I got back from War of the Worlds 2, I spent a couple of weeks at home and I, I went traveling a little bit. So my excuse was to mum was, oh, um, so the company I'm working for, they want me to do, um, you know, a couple of trips, a couple more trips overseas. So I'm just going to be going away for a little bit, but I'll be back and then probably go away again. <laughs> Is that okay? And she was like, and she was starting to get a bit suspicious, but like, I didn't leave her much time to like really think about it. So I was like, anyways, um, I'm going this Wednesday. I'll call you when I get there. Love you. Bye. That's it, right? And I haven't seen my mum since I've been traveling. So I'm going to see her this Sunday. And I think I need to tell her what's been happening because <laughs> she's getting way. Because you're about to get a fat check in the mail. How about this? Yeah. Would it be easy for you, easier a little <laughs> bit, if we could, what if we connected a little bit of the dots and you didn't have to flat out say, hey, guess what? I've been lying through my teeth. I haven't been traveling. It hasn't been a job. I've been on a reality show. What if we do like a thing now where I could pretend to be your boss of the travel agency? I could do like a voicemail where I'm like, hey, D, so I know we said we wanted you to do a little bit of traveling. Instead of that, we were thinking maybe we send you to Thailand and you just compete with 30 assholes. And then at the end, you may or may not have to kayak to a boat where we'll hand you a bag of money. How about that uh, instead? But the- you can't tell your mom. You can't tell her. <laughs> the thing is, you have to learn how to speak Vietnamese, all right? She still does not know how to speak English. So oh. the language barrier is going to be really difficult. Um, this is actually really funny because I was talking with my best friend yesterday um, about this because she's similar to, to me. She has, like, very strict parents. And she's dating someone right now who lives in L.A. And he's, like – and she doesn't know how to tell her parents and she's 26 years old and this is the shit that we have to deal with like you guys don't understand it's very hard being a 26 year old woman still shit scared of your mom and can't tell her anything about my life wow <laughs> no and that's be- that's a, almost a beautiful thing to hear because it's like to be honest with you for so many it. of us we could not relate <laughs> to that at all and so many people i think even, especially millennials it's like oh my mom's my best friend i tell her everything like you ever have that friend that like tells too much to their parents yes and you're like that, what? that is georgia yeah that, that is georgia harrison to a t like when i was um after filming war of the worlds we went away to thailand together we we're partying her mom was there right so the day after we went to have lunch with her mom after all night of like partying and then georgia was just telling her mom like everything we got up to i was like oh my god if my mom heard me right now heard you speak right now she would whoop my ass she would whoop your ass for saying that you that she would whoop your ass hold on hold on on. did she tell her did she tell her that she passed out in the final and asked for bear when bear was gone for like a month already Uh, like she told her mom everything like i just envy that kind of relationship that you know some people have with their moms i wish i was that open yeah sometimes i wish i would have just never left home you know but <laughs> Can you elaborate? so you mentioned she you know she only speaks vietnamese and then within that obviously i'd imagine there's a culture gap when it comes to like understanding the concept of reality tv and like i was i was thinking it's interesting yeah. where it's like we use all these <laughs> slang terms the challenge ex- itself is the title of a show that like you know if you say to someone in the states or you know someone who gets reality tv you could say oh i'm on a reality show called the challenge whatever just that in general if you don't know what those things are is a sentence that makes no sense it sounds like you know you challenge someone to a tv throwing contest so what do you know exactly can you explain to us not in vietnamese obviously but how you would try to break it down for her 
Like, what would you start with? Like, so there's oh, cameras. Yeah. So I would just have to tell her, look, mom, like I'm sort of like on TV. I do what similar things to what actors do, but only seasonal. And as soon as she hears the word seasonal, like no, like regular paycheck, she's like, okay, so what are you going to do for money? Like, what the hell? Like, blah, blah, blah. She starts freaking out, asking all these questions about what sort of challenges are you doing? What you're going to be like jumping out of planes and like, you know, doing yeah. stuff off like high apparatus. No way. I don't want you to do that. Where are you going? Africa, like all these questions, you know? So it's just, but you can start with the 200. So, so you are, have the luxury of you. I mean, look, the way that these shows work, obviously, is you do make a little bit of coin for going, but other than that, you got to win to really be able to show your mom, Hey, look, I'm doing something with my life. You are coming home with a little bit of bacon here where you can actually, if you want to reframe it and sugarcoat it a little bit, you can be like, so I've been doing this for the past year and I got $250,000. You know? Yeah. I think that, I think that's how you should open. You should open up the dialogue actually just show her the check first and be like mom this is actually this is so can i explain to you what i've been doing now will you now listen to me yes and 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 when i tell you what i'm about to tell you because it's going to be absolutely fucking crazy mom what i'm about to tell you you're not going to believe what i just did for the past year and a half you're not going to believe it but i want you to look at this check real quick and then and then give me the time and be open enough because we're it, okay now, and yeah. I want to tell you, because what I did isn't that bad, you know? Some people say, reality show, fucking, it, dude, it's, it could, reality show is so broad nowadays, you know what I mean? Um, well, well, that's actually, she's got it going for her that she has, because here in this country, yeah. Yeah, reality TV's been going for so long that you have some people that look down on reality TV. She doesn't even know what it is, so it doesn't even have yeah. time to have a stigma there yeah. yet for her. She yeah, can think, actually I be like... Yeah. You know, go ahead. I think the main thing for me is like, I'm just a bit scared to tell her because I've kept this from her like since Geordie Shaw and that was two years ago, you know? So if I was to suddenly tell her now, she'd be like, well, would you been fucking lying to me for the last two years? I'm like, oh yes. She, I'll get an ass whooping. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the tough part is the whole like, so you've been lying to me literally every uh, time we've spoken for two years. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. that's, that's the, the, yeah. the awkward Yeah, but part. she's gonna, she's gonna see that $250,000 check, right. I think, which may come in twos, if I do recall. I'm not sure right. how they do it now. Oh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but so, so just to give you like a little background on me. So I come from a, a Polish family. We're a hundred percent Polish. We speak the language, read and write it, speak in a different dialect. My mom made me go to Polish school for six years when I was a, a kid and, 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 and I cried. Every time I had to fucking do the homework because I, I didn't like come together. I wanted to go outside and play. I went to school five days yeah. a week already as it is. So, so, you know, I made the mistake of like going on the show, right? My dad is like, this dude's going to get in all types of shit, fucking drugs, rock and roll, yeah. whatever. He's fucked. Like my dad is just like, he's, this kid's fucked. And then I, then we all had this like gathering on episode one. And sure enough, it was like the worst kind of episode I could have shown my parents because I didn't even know what the hell I was getting into. And we weren't getting paid, you know, like mm-hmm. even like, well, I mean, I went back to a normal job working as a safari guide at Rainforest Cafe. You know what I mean? Wait, like it you wasn't. Were, wait, you were, it was just to be clear, he was a waiter at a restaurant with a rainforest theme. He was not actually guiding people on actual <laughs> yes. safari. Oh my god, I thought you were an actual safari guide. I was like, that's no. so cool. No, I get, I the, I get fucking, the confusion because that's was, what most I people think. A, I was the, <laughs> the phoniest fucking safari guide you could ever come up with. I was a waiter anyway. So like. 
but I think, you know, and like, we, I don't come from like this, like wealthy family. Like, you know, my mom's a cleaning lady, you know, and like, yeah, we, you know, we enjoy our lives and stuff like that, but it would be same as you. Like, how, how is this going to translate into a career or a steady income or a steady paycheck or a retire, you know? So, but I think that if I originally was like, yeah, I want on the show, then I want on the second show. And, you know, and then showed her the check and then kind of like showed her the episodes. Like you could just watch the whole season. It's not that you, you, you look great. Like you have a, like you did, like you've done good. Like you're, yeah, it's, it's because it's you hooked up with a stripper. Like, it's not that, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you explain, I don't know how you explain that one coming from, you know, like if I was going to explain that to my mom, you know, like that's the one that I would have been like, that oh, one, that oh, one you oh. might honestly have to be like, mom, we're married. <laughs> Uh, right? That's my oh husband. My his name's <laughs> yeah. his name's Rogan. Yeah. And then we got married after after we did the show, and I got mad at him, and I cried, and my commercial's actually out on TV right now. If you turn it on, <laughs> MTV, mom, because uh, it is in Australia. Because I just saw you post it yesterday, and then yeah, so actually yeah. we got married. Yeah, that's not gonna get her killed, Scott. <laughs> but no could you could you maybe you know task uh you know we have guys who do this for us like the great al carmona or maybe ask mtv or bmp if they could put together like a like an awesome d sizzle that's like you know mainly kind of stresses the like the uh what, what's the what's the word the prestige and the competitive side <laughs> maybe none of the strippers and then none of the crying and then at the end you just hoist you know you guys you know in triumphant victory at the end and then maybe a reminder just in the end they could write in subtitles in vietnamese subtitles this means your daughter just made a lot of money that she's going to put away in the bank and not use it in an irresponsible way and, and, and then you're gonna have to and then you're gonna have to explain why you guys hoisted up a uk flag and not an australian flag not an american flag a uk flag and Guys, this is giving me so much anxiety thinking about all the things <laughs> I would need to explain to my mom. So you're not making this any better. You oh, could go show the Derek. her the check and tell her the story. You could Easy. go the Derek route. Derek, didn't you at first tell your mom, I for, you, whether this is true or not, you said this on the podcast once, that at first it was like one of your rougher episodes. I think it was the one where you hit the tree or something. And and you had said, Punched Mom, the tree, yeah, you said, Mom, don't worry. Drunk, right. You told your mom things to people I shouldn't said. But didn't yeah, you tell every, your mom that you were acting, that you were like the Daniel Day Lewis of the challenge and that this was no. like an assignment? You didn't say that. No, no. It was so bad oh, that she my told mom. Her friends that. It was so bad that my mom had to go and tell her friends that I was just acting. That's oh it my was, god, acting. Oh, that's yeah, what that it is. It wasn't real. <laughs> your mom, your mom told people that you were acting. That's actually way yeah. worse. Uh, um, okay, well, D, how about this? I, we want you to know we're your support system for this. If you need any help, if you need anybody to corroborate anything, if you need me to forge a doctor's note for you, if you need me to call in and be like a producer on the phone and make it sound a little smoother and be like, oh no, that was definitely not her with the English stripper on the on the uh, bench. That was not her. That was someone who looked just well, like her. That was her. a body double. Body, was a body double. double and just acting. You can always play that route. We I mean, use body no, doubles for all route. of our principles, and and D is right, one of our leads. We need leads. to move on because like my anxiety is <laughs> through the roof right now. <laughs>
Uh, but you know, we did get that question from a lot of people. So to everyone who's wondering, no, she still hasn't told her mom. And that continues to be the greatest thing that I've ever heard in the history of this podcast. But okay. So let's talk about the people that you worked with on this season of the show. So, so last season, you obviously, you and Ninja become very close. We saw that. Um, you and Wes obviously Mm -hmm. become very close. He becomes a mentor of yours and obviously helps you, uh, you know, mature in a lot of ways, both physically and mentally and kind of, I think, you know, took you under his wing and going into your second season, here, I mean, you know, I, I would go as far as to say is that you were playing the game, even though you were deferring to other people, your social game was almost instantly the type of thing that you see for people who have been out there five or six times. So I'd love to know going into this season, you do lose Wes very quickly, even though he was always on the other team. He's gone from the game very early on and you guys begin to defer to Paulie and Cara. How was your relationship with them going into the season? Am I right in giving them credit for sort of kind of, you know, directing things throughout and how do you think they did? as kind of leaders of that de facto group? Well, um, the thing with Paulie and Kari, the whole, whole alliance thing, like coming in, we, for me, like I knew that being on the Brit side, I was going to be at the bottom of the totem pole because they all like have friends with each, they're all friends with each other. They've known each other for like ages through previous shows. So if, naturally, like I knew that I would have done a lot better in the US team, but it so happened I was on UK's team. So I still stuck with like the Car and Paulie and the Ninja and Ashley because I knew that A, they would keep, they would want to keep me around for a lot longer because they assumed that I'm the weaker person and that they could potentially beat in the final. And B, like I'm a number for them on the UK side. So with that, like with them being the leaders though of the alliance, I don't think they were like the clear leaders. Like there was a lot of like, other like smaller alliance within that alliance you know what i'm saying so the whole big cars cult there was another fraction of that alliance which is our uk sides which is other stuff is going on so um working with them was just uh like it, it was difficult at times because i didn't agree with like a lot of things they would want us to do like you know obviously throwing in georgia and theo when we're losing like our best players when we should have essentially gotten rid of the layups but that was just something that I just took a step back because I knew they wouldn't touch me and yeah it was just easier to ride with them um, and the UK side of that, was that Kaylee? When she was on our show, she was taking a lot of credit for that and said that, it, you know, it's kind of her idea to be very instrumental in a lot of the moves, but to take a back seat so that it was called Kara's cult and it wasn't called Kaylee's cult. Would, is that fair to say that she was sort of the de facto leader of that dual team alliance on your end? Yeah, like you could potentially say that because she and Cam were really close and she knew Cam had Leroy and all that stuff. Yeah, so definitely Kaylee was um, one of the main leaders of our side, if you would like to call it. I don't like the, using the word leader, leaders and cult because it seems like very like, I don't know, it's, it's just weird. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to actually, actually at the beginning of this podcast, I was going to, I was going to ask you which nickname you preferred for the numbers team. Like for the, 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 the team with the numbers, like, you know, we've heard Kara's cult. I, sometimes I prefer to call it, uh, uh, Cam, Queen, Cam's, Cam's court, Queen Cam's court, Kara's cult, or Camp Polly. It's all got Camp a ring. No matter what you Big choose, Brother. it's all got a ring to it, folks. Uh, which, like, which one do you prefer? Yeah. Like, which, like, like you said, though, there's different alliances in there. Like you said, I know, I get it. But what? See, it, 
yeah, I, I don't like. I honestly don't know. Like, I don't think that I was riding with them as hard as like everyone else was because my only sort of relationship with that whole cult, like, I was closest to Ninja out of everyone. You know, I'm not that close to Paulie. We forget on War of the Worlds one, he um, threw me in over Georgia, and that's the elimination where I went home with Devon. And like Kara and I, we just we've never really like spoken that much. Like, we've only had game talk, which we don't really have like much conversations about anything. And yeah, Ashley and Cam, like I don't really know them as well. So it was just mostly Ninja and I's um, sort of strong friendship with each other that sort of just took me through that alliance, I guess. Took me along the ride with the alliance. Uh, let's talk about Ninja. So, you know, it's it's really funny because on the surface, you know, she's a newer cast member and she's mm-hmm. one of two people this year who made both finals. She's the only person this year to finish both finals because Kara, of course, was uh, the last and only person purged in the middle of last year's fi- or last season's finals. So she didn't get to finish. She probably would have, but she got, you know, dropped there at the math portion. Ninja comes in fourth, doesn't have any money to show for it, but was the only female to finish her first season she comes back for a second season um and then you know she comes in second place in this one as well on the losing side but again i think was the first person to get to that boat on the losing team yet not only does she not really get any credit as a competitor it's become almost trendy to dislike her and it's been become trendy to to call her overrated and whatnot so my question to you is you know being someone very close to her but i'd imagine still kind of getting a gauge for people's feelings about her why has she become so polarizing because every time she comes on our show she's great she seems very nice um but she also seems very not so well liked among a certain crop of cast member too can you explain it to us at all i i don't really know what it is because like i guess i can see what people are sort of coming from like in certain instances where like she's just a very enthusiastic person right she she's she's excited about everything and like maybe sometimes people see that portray that as like it's not genuine, like, because she, like, I don't know, gets really excited about stuff, but that's just her. Um, for her, though, we, like, I honestly don't know what it is. Like, I think she's great. She's, a, like, she's been a great friend to me. She's been loyal. Like, she's always had my back, even with this whole situation. She's, like, sending me messages, like, giving me words of encouragement. So I don't really know why it's trendy to dislike or, or like, you know, call her out and stuff. Like, I think it may have started from the whole turbo thing, but, yeah, I honestly don't know what it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's weird to me too, because, you know, I'm at, I'm at the point right now where I'm like, I would have to see, like experience it in person to like really understand where some of these, you know, like, it's like strong, you know what I mean? It's like strong, dis, like, hate, hate towards her. And then like, like you said, you know, she's come on the podcast a couple of times. Like, I just, I don't, you know, based on my experiences with her, like, I don't see it. Like, she's finished sex. She's, you know, and then when they say she's overrated or she sucks, and as far as co- competition goes, she's still a fucking ninja. You know what I mean? Like, sh- yeah. just follow her on Instagram and you can't tell me she fucking rides motorcycles. And I'm not saying that, like, everyone that rides motorcycles is a badass. I'm not saying everyone that, like, hangs from, like, fucking trees by their legs from, like, 50 feet up is a badass. But, pretty fucking tough dude most people who do both of those things i think i think if you do both of those things then it's safe to say you know you might be annoying to some people but you're also a badass i think it's not it sounds like i think 
I also think what it is, maybe because her first season, she didn't come in as humble as most people would have like wanted her to because she was a rookie and stuff. And yeah, like all credit to her. She's a ninja warrior. She's fucking badass, you know, but like maybe people don't like the fact that she's like, she wasn't that humble about it. And like, you know, last season, how with the whole climbing thing and like, she was really excited walking in, like, she's like, Oh yeah, it's a climbing wall, blah, 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 blah. But like, it was still a very close call. So I think the fans like it when people are like more humble about stuff than when like they show too much excitement, I guess. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I think, I think it's more nuanced than that. Cause I think when their favorites are not humble, they love it. And you know, when people they don't like are too quiet, they don't like that. And when they're not humble, they don't like that. And, uh, you know, because look, th- she lost a, uh, for a minute there, an elimination to Laurel and Laurel went around being not humble about it at all. And then yeah. it got flipped on it. And if you were a fan of Laurel's, you love that she did the suck it. And if you weren't, or if you kind of just looked at it and took it at face value, you thought maybe she overdid it or it was a little ironic or poetic that she ends up losing. So I don't think it's necessarily choosing whether to like people or root for them based on how sort of you know, big their ego is or how you know much they kind of you know puff their chest. Because Wes, Johnny, you know, these are some of the most yeah. popular players in the history of the challenge. Laurel, um, and they're also some of the cocky. So I think Ninja, unfortunately, if I had to put my two cents here, because I know that's what everybody's paying for, um, is that <laughs> I think she's, you know, she's getting a little bit of the the Kara rub in the sense that, you know, Kara used to be disliked for similar things that people couldn't really quantify. Like people would say kind of like, oh, she, you know, she cares too much about the challenge or that she, you know, uh, you know, she's not trying hard enough here or so, stuff like that. Or like, you know, she only wants to, um, you know, uh, you know, l- look at her facial expressions here or whatever. Um, and now it's kind of gotten a little bit bigger than that, where it's almost it, it, she's an easier moving target. Her and Pauly kind of walking around a house pointing out where they're going to have sex. I mean, you kind of don't even need to be that nuanced with your hate for Kara anymore. More. And I think Ninja has become that person where people just feel the need to say, I don't like her. You know, you get Zach's and people in the interviews talking about how they don't like her. You have people online talking about not liking her. And she's become that cast member, sadly, where people seem to just dislike her. And I, you know, I don't know what she did. We certainly as I, I don't think that as viewers, we've gotten the payoff for that to make sense. But somehow, some way. Along the way, some people on the island with you guys and some people watching have gotten that memo that she is the person to root yeah. against. So, uh, and it's actually like really terrible because I know she gets really upset about it and she, it does hurt her because she tells me these things, you know, and like one of the main reasons why she didn't want to consider potentially coming back in the future is because of like just the negativity and stuff like that. And she's someone that's not on Twitter anymore because of the negativity. And it just sucks because I know what a good, what a good person she is and credit to her, man. Like her, like she's a fucking animal. She's a beast. Like regardless of what, like, so she couldn't like swim that well that day. Like how many people can say they could do half the shit she's done previously, you know? So it just, yeah, it just sucks hearing that people like are hating her for no particular reason. Yeah, and, and, and no offense, if you don't swim all the time, you're, you're probably not going to be very good at it, you know? Especially yeah. if you've only come on the challenge twice if you only, and you've only had to swim one time, you know? Um, and then my, my last thought about this is, is, uh, 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 mark my words, mark my words. And about two, three years, when she comes back again and again and again and again, she will be a very well liked character. I feel this may be some sort of a, a rookie hazing. Uh, uh, of some sorts for uh, a challenge newbie. 
It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Interesting prediction there. Well, I'll say this about predictions. She's somebody that I think if plays enough, I mean, she's going to win one of these. Because so far, I mean, she's got what it takes to get to the end. And these finals, I mean, you just did 1D and you got close last season, but I'm sure you watched it. Like, these finals, they're all different. Sometimes they cater to your team or they cater to the format to that season or they cater to your strong suits. And one of these ones will cater to her strong suits or her team's strong suits if she keeps making it to the end, if she keeps playing. So I hope she does. I really hope that she doesn't get uh, pushed away by the negativity. But th- that is a good segue to my next question, which is, so you play your first season of the challenge completely blind, obviously. You've probably watched a couple clips here or there, but you don't know what to expect from the show itself, and you don't know what to expect from the depiction of mm-hmm. you and your actions and what your gameplay was like, and then also the fallout and the social media. And I you know, I, I feel like you kind of just joined Twitter during the challenge season 32. Like, I kind of remember you signing up, and like, so th- a lot of this was new and fresh for you in dealing with United States fans and stuff. Now having a second go-around of it, and, you know, having gotten to meet some of these people in San Francisco and having had two seasons play out, one of which where you lost, one of which where you won. What's your main takeaway about the challenge fan base? Uh, anything you've learned over, over the course of the last year? Um, the challenge fan base, I think um, I've learned that the challenge fan base, a lot of them are quite intelligent and they do love people when they show that they're being genuine and they seem to love the real emotions. You know, I've, after like my episode that aired where, you know, I was like gutted by what Rogan did. I had like a lot of like female challenge fans reaching out to me saying they're so proud of me. And like, you know, they can relate to that and like keep doing me. And like, I'm an inspiration. That's like something I've never experienced before because my first show, Geordie Shaw, I was just there to like, you know, hook up, cause fights and whatnot. And then like, so I didn't really get a, a strong female fan base from Geordie Shaw is just mostly the males. <laughs> Funny that. Um, but the challenge has introduced me to this big community of strong women reaching out to me and encouraging me. And that is just, I, th- I think that's pretty awesome. Any yeah. uh, difference in how they've treated you now that you have the old uh, championship belt with you? I know that the season itself, it didn't necessarily feel like you were on that track. Uh, but, you know, having gotten the win here, have you noticed that, you know, maybe, you know, people might like to root for or support someone who has a little bit of success behind them? I think people definitely love the underdog story. They love an underdog. They love it when people are doubted and like they love to cheer for the ones that, you know, everyone in the house was like going against, considering I was a layup and the weakest. And then when I showed them, the fans went wild. (laughs) Yeah. Here's a, here's another thing, like going back to my thought about Ninja is like the, the thing with Ninja is like, she's, she's never been an underdog. Like she's right off the bat almost been like the number one pick in the draft the number one player she's a ninja how are we gonna beat her this is gonna be the toughest thing so when like even george on the scene was like you know she played that underdog story so you know if she's gonna continue being like the strong one of the strongest girls one of the strongest players in the game she's never gonna get that underdog story Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Unless she miss, unless unless she doesn't win like six, she gets like six finals, and everyone starts feeling bad for her that she hasn't won. I mean, yeah. that could happen. Well, the name Ninja yeah, doesn't really help you come off as an underdog. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey man, like no discredit to her. Like, like girl, like some of these challenges, I was like, I can't do this. I'm shooting my pants. I don't know. I can do this. She's like, oh man, like 
she's jumping off laughing hanging about like she's up there dancing on like the apparatus i'm like what are you doing like i'm dying here <laughs> yeah um, who were you the most surprised by uh, that you played with this second time around? And that could be somebody who you played with the first time and they just came back as a different player, either better, worse, just, you know, more, you know, in a go position than they were. Or is it somebody that you didn't play with at all? Maybe a Jordan or a Tory. It's the first time out with them and they surprised you. Who kind of uh, surprised you the most, either in a good way or a bad way? Um, definitely Jordan. Like when I arrived on the first day, I remember I was sitting next to Wes and we were talking about like the plays and stuff. And then he was telling me all about Jordan. He's like, yeah, like you've got to be careful Jordan. Like, and everyone was talking about this guy, Jordan, who like was born with a birth defect without a hand, but like without one hand with one hand, sorry. And, um, how like, you know, he, he doesn't like use that and victim or whatever and I never saw until like the first couple of challenges where I never even noticed that he had a missing hand because he is just so like incredible like I know a lot of people don't like him but I really like Jordan he's such an inspiration to me that elimination where he won against Josh was like the best thing I ever saw because he just outsmarted him like on paper Josh should have won that right but Jordan just like it's just it was just it was just such a crazy moment like on that proving ground watching him win the way he did i was just like amazed mind blowing mind like i got goosebumps yeah. right now thinking about it goosebumps watching yeah. it like this man is incredible like he deserves all the credit as cocky is he deserves everything because i like the way he carries himself in challenges i never even noticed that he was born with a birth defect and he never even uses it as an excuse or anything yeah just, 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 just like uh, get, having that visual of him n- not having that other, those other like fingers to use, you know, to pull that, that rope mm-hmm. against Josh was just like, for me too, I was just like, how the fuck? I mean, I, you, you would think like at some point that your, his grip strength, his hand, you know, one of these guys hands yep. is going to give yep. out. This guy's playing with one versus a big, strong man. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. What uh, what were your thoughts yeah. on the Jordan and Turbo altercation? Because I mean, you uh, you know, and you and Turbo have had um, it seems like a pretty good relationship. You guys seem to get along well when mm-hmm. when we saw you guys in San Francisco. And you know, he's one of the few people you had a rapport with going into this season. You know, having mm-hmm. both come in as rookies on the same season. I know you had that little tiff in there uh, with, towards the end of the season with with him and Ninja. But mm-hmm. other than that, you know, he ends up going home because him and, and Jordan get into a dispute. Turbo can't really handle it from an anger standpoint and he gets sent home. What was your perspective on that when it happened? Do you think it was the right decision? Uh, and, you know, yeah. ultimately, the way it played out, what, what, how did you fit into that? Yeah, so I don't blame either Jordan or Turbo for what happened. I blame the outside influences. And I'm not going to name names. I blame other people who were trying to, like, use Turbo for, for an advantage and a vote, you know. So using him by telling him, oh, you know, Jordan said this about you, Jordan said that about you. And that obviously gets him because there's a clear language barrier. So when you say things to to Turbo, like, he's going to take it very bluntly. He can't read in between the lines. So if you say, oh, you know, um, for example, Jordan said that you couldn't run that last challenge or whatever and you were really tired. So in Turbo's mind, he'll interpret, interpret like, oh, what? He said I can't run, so he, he thinks I'm weaker than him. So that's how Turbo will also always interpret things. So people 
in the house would use that to their advantage to get Turbo and Jordan to pit against one another. And it was just something that was just building up. Like after that first challenge where they had a like a fight after the rafting where Turbo was kicking the statues. And it doesn't help that, you know, that like Jordan's very direct as well. And Turbo thinks that's quite disrespectful. So it was just really hard for me because I had no problems with Jordan. I liked him and like, I love Turbo. He's like my brother, my homie, but it was just that situation where like he was, Turbo was just too angry and yeah, and just got out of control and the outside people were just using that to their advantage. Uh, Ashley wants to know how was CT as a teammate uh, during the season and then also in the final? I absolutely love CT. Like he, when I came in, um, when I rocked up to the airport and I saw him standing there with me, I was like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. This is me. We're going to be partnered up. I like, are we on a team together? And when we came in as reinforcements, both getting stuff in the UK side, that was, um, that was pretty cool as well. I was a bit starstruck because I like, I knew him from War the Worlds one, but he wasn't there long enough for me to like actually like, you know, talk to him and get to know him so by him being on my team this season I got to know him a little bit more like I told him like yeah we shared stories and stuff like that and he's one of like the best people you want on a team because he's he knows what he's doing he's done this so many times before he's really calm he's really smart and he's he's the one that we all look up to when it comes to a challenge oh hold on hold on hold on hold on Uh, we we have a message we have a message coming from CT hold on hold on wait 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 one second (laughs) CT, do you want to do you want to tell her? Or do you want me to do it? Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. All right, ready. He, he says he says he says you, you'll know what this is. Okay, ready. Cacao. <laughs> is it? Is that what it is? I it's, think you butchered it. It's cacao. It is. It's cacao. It's spelled. Oh my god. H dash K A W W W W. That's four W's. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you say that? That was um. That's a, just a special thing between us reinforcements, you know. Like it's just cacao. <laughs> uh, cacao. 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 Um, <laughs> I thought you were at like a message from him, and he was gonna be like, "Hey, D, it's CT. I just want to tell you, like, but we'll find out what that means. We're gonna see CT in a few days in Miami, so." Um, yeah, it's on cacao back. I will. Yeah, um, I, let's roll through some other names and I just let you know, it doesn't need to be like a full on, you know, paragraph, but like just first thing that comes to oh. mind when I name some people as far as, you know, your experience with them this go around. Um, and wait, if wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 I have a turbo question before oh, you get off turbo. Oh my Cheers. God. Derek. Are we still on? Okay. Listen, I know he got, you know, what, whatever happened, he left, he got sent home, but I did see pictures of you and Ninja eventually after War of the Worlds won, where you guys went to visit him in Turkey. I want to know, is this guy like a freaking king in Turkey? Like, does he have his own, like, kingdom? We, we didn't visit him in Turkey. He oh, was in man. LA. He was in LA. So we had um, a viewing party at Ninja's for the episode. Oh, so you guys never went to Turkey? 
to no, Italy. we never went to Turkey. You talked about you did no just to make D not sound like an idiot. You did mention possibly going there when we talked on the podcast. Yes, you were like I, I did. You did. I did say ah, that. Uh, you did. Yeah, I did say I was going to go visit him, but it just so happened we were in LA at the same time, so we just hung out there. Yeah, that was the best timing ever. By the way, you and you and uh, Turbo were both in LA when we were a hop and a skip away in San Francisco, which is why we were able to have you guys on that lineup. Everyone's like, "What does San Francisco know, right? get the best lineup ever?" I'm like, "Dude, it's." It's not like I went out of pocket to bring someone from Australia and Turkey just because I love the <laughs> Bay Area. It happened to work out. If they're ever right next to the city that yours is in, too, we'll bring them there, too. So, But are you moving? Are you moving? Yes. So I, I'm planning to get my butt out there by mid-February because I need to sort out my life here. And I've got um, to travel a little bit end of January. But I will be out there mid-February. Okay. So, so that's pretty cool. And – so just to just to finish my question, and we can get back to LA. Is Turbo a king in Turkey? Turbo is a king in Turkey and in LA. His pad in LA was insane. Dude, Turbo's the king everywhere he goes. What are you talking about? You saw the guy. <laughs> I just saw him. I just saw him. Like uh, he literally looked like he was at like Acme. You know, like he looked at like he looked like he was like at Warner Brothers shooting this movie. Yeah, like, I mean, can you, really? I don't any know. updates on this it movie? De- thing? It definitely looked like he was on like a uh, a soundstage. <laughs> I don't know about Acme, but he definitely looked like he was on some sort of a soundstage or a backlog. Um, but it was interesting. Yeah. He was filming a movie parts. in which he was definitely like you know posing with some high artillery. There, he was clearly like playing some sort of you know um, I don't know if he was playing uh, ar- someone in the army or like uh, you know a uh, sniper or something. But it's like pictures of him with these massive guns. The same weeks that like all this stuff is going on in the show about like. Like him being dangerous and I'm like this is an interesting juxtaposition <laughs> it's like yeah people talking about whether he's someone to worry about and then he's just like why are I'm people film- saying he's dangerous <laughs> well I think Tori who we just had on the podcast said that she the way mm-hmm. she explained it and I asked her straight up I said look mm-hmm. when you were complaining was it a game move or were you really scared and she said, look, he gets to a different level of intensity than a lot of people. And when he's literally saying things like, I'm going to break your legs, I believe that he means it. And she also, I think, read into a lot of his past stories of other shows or other experiences and the training he has and knowing that he probably could break someone's legs. Whereas like a lot of people who say they'll break your legs probably couldn't unless they had the assistance of like some sort of a, you know, uh, I don't know, something bad or something. So it's like, I think that, yeah. I, so I get why, you know, I get that the myth, the, he has this like Chuck Norris style myth to him now. Especially in his first season, he tells a story about how he uh, saved somebody on a plane. Yeah, we also um, yeah. taped down, uh, so taped down Nani. So the guy's got skills. And you hope he doesn't have to use them, Liam Neeson style. But um, so I get hey, it. I but. felt I felt the safest when I was rolling around in LA with Turbo right next to me. So. <laughs> well, that was the funniest thing. Is so D said to me in San Francisco, "You're like, uh, yeah." Wes told me, "Don't go anywhere unless you're with Turbo or Scott." And I was, and I thought that was, you're, you're like, you're like, Wes said the rest of them are crazy. Don't go anywhere unless Scott's you guys with you. are crazy. Or Derek, Turbo. you're the fucking craziest. Yeah. He's like, Abram, Derek, Darrell, love all of them. Make sure either Turbo or Scott is with you at all times. Is what he, said. he did say that. And that's know? coming from Wes. Uh, oh, very funny. That was a good time. That was so much fun. Let's move on to – okay, so how about this? 
What are your thoughts on Theo? Theo had this game where, you know, he just honestly, I mean, from the start and just on the wrong side of the alliance on your team, Mm -hmm. I mean, any other player would have been gone week three, but he's taking people out every chance he gets. Finally, he comes up short to Jordan in another elimination where, to be honest with you, I know that he's good at wielding a hammer and everything like that, but another one that's ridiculous to be able, the fact that he's a favorite in something like that with a sledgehammer, given his his handicap there is insane. Um, Talk about Theo and Theo and do you guys get along? What's your relationship like? And what was it like having to send a guy in like that who you know is playing a stand-up game, is a great competitor, it's just like, sorry, dude, we just got to do it again. Theo and I will always have this like sort of love hate thing. It was um it started from War of the Worlds one where we weren't like on the same top same side because it was a partner game. So like Wes and I were just like we I don't think we were ever really working with Theo Cara, but we were never against him. But it was just like one of those things where yeah, we didn't get like we didn't get along game wise. On a personal level, we get along really well. I love having a chat with Theo, love having a laugh with him. And then coming to War of the Worlds too, because, you know, I automatically hooked up with Rogan and on that side it was like me, Rogan, Joss and Kaylee. And on the other side was Theo, Bear, Georgia, Zahida and all that. And I knew that if I was with the Theo, Bear, Georgia, Zahida, I would be the first one to go. So I, I just had to stick with my, you know, Rogan, Joss, whatever, because I knew that my chances staying around was going to be a lot better if I was on that side. Um, Theo is a great competitor. Like he is one of the most athletic people on the show, on the cast. So throwing him in every time for elimination was hard because we knew that we were losing a really great competitor, but it just helped the numbers in the long run. He did, um, he did get like really dejected towards the end when it was like his fourth or fifth elimination. He was like, Oh, for fuck's sake, it's me again. And yeah, like that was really hard and I do feel bad, but it's just, it's just the way the game worked this season, unfortunately. Um, another player I want to ask you about is, look, it's hard being in a house when you're having a little bit of a showmance with somebody who's an ex or another love interest. And you have that issue because, I mean, uh, Rogan had Joss with him there as well. Uh, talk about Joss as a player, as an ally, and as someone you kind of had to share Rogan with along the way. <laughs> Joss is a great competitor, like challenge-wise, but he's not – the best person to politic or anything. He doesn't like confrontation. He doesn't really take the lead. He like, he, he didn't really know how to like, you know, speak up in a lot of situations. So as much as he's a great competitor, his political game is crap. Wow. Interesting. Um, Yeah. What about, uh, Paulie Calafiore? Um, Paulie this season, I got along with a lot better than last season. Um, more so just because, you know, he was looking out for me and when like their tribunal won, like they just made sure that the numbers were all good. So he was all right this season, but yeah, nothing against Paulie. He helped me get to the end and yeah, I'm glad he gassed out in the final. Yeah, let's use that as a segue to talk about this final. It's fresh in all of our minds. We broke it down with Tori. We broke it down at the War Room over at Patreon.com slash Challenge Mania. This final, look, it worked out for you, so maybe you're not the right person to ask about this. But having this been your first finals experience on the challenge, um, did it make any sense to you? The way that, you know, sort of teams were rewarded or weren't for how well they did during the season or how many players they had, how fair everything was along the way, where the checkpoints were, what the time penalties were. Obviously, you guys reaped the benefits, but did it make sense to you overall? 
Um, I didn't really get like the whole how the other team had more weight, but I guess that's the way that they had to do it to sort of equalize it. Because on our side, we did have five and they had eight. So they had more people that they could rotate it with. So if it was the same weight, obviously they would have the clear advantage because their players would tie out. But don't less. they deserve an advantage because they played the better game for 13, you know, episodes or whatever that like shouldn't, if anyone gets the advantage, shouldn't it be them? I don't think that matters as all like with the challenges yeah. you do throughout the season. Like, it's who the are final, you? Who are you? Was, yeah, sorry. Who are you to say that D didn't play a better? She won the championship, and that she didn't play a better game than the other people did. I, I, she played a great game. Well, no, no. Okay, first of all, I'm so, sick. but so team, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not talking about individuals. I'm talking about Team US versus Team UK. They're told every week you got to do two things: you got to win an elimination, and then you get to be able to pick someone to go in. And then those people have to either win the or you have to win the daily challenge. You get to pick someone to go into elimination, and then you move forward. They won every daily except a couple. They chose to take out some people on their team, sure, but, you know, ultimately they were making the decisions every time. And I'm just saying that, you know, it seems like what you're saying is they needed a way to equalize it and that, you know, if anything, it ended up being a little bit unfair for them. But I'm saying, I don't know, I just feel like if anyone should have ended up with a little bit of an advantage, it should have been the team that... Wait, no, hang on, though. Throughout the challenges that we had, it was a clear, some of them were clear disadvantages for the UK because we had less people. For example, that crate one, we had to do the same amount of crates as the US guys, and they had two more players than us. So a lot of the challenges throughout the season were at a disadvantage for us. So in the final, it, they had to like equalize it in some way, right? Yeah. Uh, here's a weird question. I don't know if anyone's asked you this. Um, but look, you grew some respect for, you know, CT and Jordan and Tori over the course of the game for sure. Right. But, uh, yes. that and Rogan, of course, but that being said, your best friend is Ninja on the other side. You do have people that you played with under the table for the entire season on the other side. Say you had been last to finish the puzzle. So you get purged. So you're not winning. Would you have wanted team us or team UK to win? Oh, definitely Team UK for sure. Really? For sure, yes, a hundred percent. Like because it was people that I was riding with like all season. As much as like US guys, they were my lines as well. Like you know, I had CT there, Rogan, who at the time like I didn't know about all this stuff, and yeah, Tori and Jordan, I would have loved for them to win. Okay, so so you would you would given knowing it has no benefit to you whatsoever you would rather them win than say your good friend ninja and the people who had kind of gotten you there to the end ah uh, tough tough what do you mean uh, she got herself there to the end if you i got, put in like, all that good. hard work if you're i put good. in all that hard work for team uk i definitely would have wanted them to win interesting for sure no i'm surprised yeah. you say that i mean if that, if you're saying cuz you mean it obviously but to me it's interesting because obviously you're on team uk so you want to win so you win but if you end up being purged and you kind of take that element out of it i was wondering would you rather cuz in a weird way you were always on team uk but your allegiances lied ultimately to this you know bipartisan alliance that had you know sure people on team uk rogan etc ct but also contained ninja and cam and and cara and Polly, etc that's sort of what got you to the end. So I, I just wasn't sure if you would go with the side that had, say, your strongest ally, your closest bond, if that's Ninja or whoever, or whether you would have stuck with your team. So you would have gone with Team UK. It's interesting. 
I'm just, you know. Yeah, no, like, as much as I love Ninja, I definitely felt like, I'm not, I'm trying to move myself in this, I definitely feel like Team UK deserves it more. Um, the way, like, we carried ourselves in that whole, throughout this whole season as well, and, like, getting, diminishing our numbers the way we did because of this whole stupid numbers game. I think in the end, like, Team UK deserved it. Yeah, could you imagine, like, put yourself in, like, a different, in a, in a different, person choose like these guys took a beating a mental mm-hmm. beating the whole time the the four finalists the five finalists two of which whom had went into four eliminations between them the you know our couple of the of the set of the year um you know jordan and tory like they're the ones that took the beating dude they lost and had to figure out how to make it to the end they would lose get a disadvantage and then still figure out a way to survive. They were like on their deathbed from the beginning. <laughs> they were on their deathbed for being rookies. They were on their deathbed for being Team UK. It was like rookies versus veterans or, or, or whenever we did the ruins, when it was champions versus challengers. It was the same scenario. And these guys just took an ass beating till they got there to the end and had a couple things go their way. You can't just, you just can't, I just hate that. And I also wanted CT to win. Yeah, I also want CT to, to win because the freaking US team didn't even choose him. Uh, and I just uh, told Ninja Natalie what your answer was, and she said to tell her fuck herself. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. I'm sure she'll hear. <laughs> I'm sure she'll hear this though. Um, but okay, let's rapid fire some of these questions. Um, Heather doesn't have a question. I never do this, but I'll read it because it's nice. He's, a, a, he's also asking non-existing hypothetical questions, so it's like no. But I it thought that, you don't think it's that was like, a, wait, 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 you don't think no, that was a good question hate, to ask. I hate, I think they're terrible questions. It's like saying, hey. This, I hate those. Like, what would you do if you were in this situation? Bro, I don't know. I never went. <laughs> I never did it. I was never there. You're asking me to like fucking pull up a hologram and say, what would you do in this situation if it was life or death? Like, if it was for a million dollars, if it was between you and your best friend, like, it's just like, I, I just think it's a terrible way to like, put you like, to ask someone at, answer a question where it's like there's no right answer um okay here's the next question <laughs> my co-host is a dick all right okay all right. Like, all right okay 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 all right dominic wants to know hypothetically would you rather fight a thousand pound chicken or a thousand chickens just kidding okay no real thing so first i just want to say heather says not a question she just wanted to say that d really won her over during the last few episodes so that's a compliment i gotta get those get those in thank uh, you heather when uh when i can um jem wants to know queen d how would you define your role in the alliance and your overall gameplay this season? By the way, you're amazing, Jem says. What a gem of a question. So how would you define oh, your role that's there? that's so sweet. Um, define my role? Uh, I don't think I really had, like, a strong role in the alliance. I just took a step back and just let them do whatever because I was really trying to play um, low-key this season and not put a target on myself. So, yeah, I just tried to make peace with everyone and be everyone's friend, I guess. Um, Jack wants to know, how did it feel beating out all the other girls? That's right. You were the only female to finish this one. Um, when you were considered by everyone to be the quote unquote weakest, congrats on the money, Queenie, Jack says. Um, you've used the word layup a few times during this podcast. And I think, you know, you know that people were sometimes calling you that. Uh, do you feel like winning this game ultimately takes you out of that category or conversation? Or do you credit more your social game sticking around? 
around and winning when you needed to um, for getting you the championship? Um, I like I really don't know. I I think like for me like. I, even though I know that I can do these challenges and I know like I'm quite strong and fit and stuff, like every single challenge I do, I'm still like, Oh my God, I don't know if I can do this, you know? So it's not something that I ever go in and think, yes, I'm going to kill this. Like I've got this. Like, so I still sometimes think that like, like I'm not the best. I still think I'm a layup sometimes because I'm still shit scared of heights and I don't like swimming. Um, so uh, I don't really know what those question was, to be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting that, that that was your answer because I think Jack's wanting you to be like, you know, that since you beat out all the other women, it makes you better than them and that, you know, that they consider you to be the weakest no. and that proves that you're not. It almost sounds like you're very humble in the sense that like, hey, you did this and you did this not being someone that has 100% confidence in everything along the way. It almost means more to you that way, it sounds like. Yeah, I I don't think I'm the best, like, and I'm better than anyone by any means. I think it just came down to me really wanting to prove to myself that I could, like, I can do it. And I do think my social game did help me get to where I was, which was the final. And when in the final, I just turned that into beast mode because I just wanted to prove to everyone that I can take this to the end. I can win. Like, you guys need to stop doubting me. Um, did this go round couple with your first go round change the way you will potentially approach a future challenge season. I mean, now that you have a championship, I think they'd be crazy not to bring you back for games in the future. What did you learn from these two seasons collectively that you're going to use to either tweak your game or further your game going forward? I think going forward, I want to play this game a lot more um, smart. So I want to try to like not be as emotional as I was the last two seasons and just try to get more into the politics side of things, maybe do like start to really do a West thing where I start making deals with people. And I really enjoy like the politics side of this game as much as I love the challenges. The politics is really interesting to me. Having done a quasi solo season, started as a duo season, breaks down to a single season, and then this full on team season that I think we can all agree was a little bit convoluted in its design. Uh, in future seasons, do you think, did you enjoy the team camaraderie and the politicking on a team level? Or did you, would you like to go back to a smaller game where maybe you have one partner, maybe you have no partners and you can kind of just play for yourself? I love working in a partnership uh, more so than a team just because I had such a great season with the West and we really formed such a close bond because we were just always bouncing ideas off each other. And I like just having just one person that you need to look out for, one person that has your back completely. Because when it comes to a team thing, as much as you have a relationship with someone, they also have another relationship with someone else. So that always comes into factor. So definitely I would love it if it went back to a partnership format. That's all I got, D. Uh, Derek, D. What do you? What do you have? Uh, anything else for the other D before we let her go? No, I think that's pretty good, man. I thought that was a really fun, uh, you know, glimpse at you know some of the the gaps we've missed, you know, throughout the season, and uh, you know, getting that perspective from someone that's in Australia, you know, has to go and explain herself to her Vietnamese speaking oh mother. <laughs> that was my awesome. Life, that was like one of my favorites. <laughs> Well, it's it's funny. I just feel like I can put myself, you know, put myself in your shoes a little bit. Like I feel like I've I've sort of been there, except I didn't really get to think it through. I just like 
did it. Like I was like, all right, mom, yeah. you want to come play in the fire with me? Come check it out. <laughs> Not knowing like how ridiculous that was. Uh, at least, like I said, at least you could put the check in front of her face and say, hey, it ain't that bad, mom. You know, I yeah. want a competition. Yeah. Like you want a comp. That's in reality. That's what you did. There's not, yeah. no, no shame in it. You like the guy. Big deal. You know, it's like, well, when, if, if, and well, if and when I tell my mom, I'll make sure I'll record it and put it on my story so you guys can all see her reaction. Oh my God. Yeah. That'll get the most views, <laughs> I hey. think, out of anything potentially that you could possibly put on the internet. Well, good luck to you, uh, D. I think that if we had to grade your season, it would be far from a D. It would be an A. Uh, congratulations on being the <laughs> only woman to win a challenge championship in 2019. Yay! We'll be putting together the nominations for the Challenge Mania Awards pretty soon. I have a feeling you'll play a part in those. Uh, excited to Woo! unveil those. But uh, congratulations and pleasure having you on again. Glad you could be potentially our last guest of the year. I think this was a huge year for you. I mean, think of it, thinking of it that a year ago today, uh, December 2019, I didn't know who you were. Derek didn't know who you were. I don't think any Challenge fans knew who you were. I don't think anybody outside of Australia and Geordie Shore potentially knew who you were. That's not a knock. That's just to say that your life has changed so much over the course of the last year. You're this international yeah. competitor and celebrity with a championship under your belt. All these new friends, all these new followers, all these new supporters. So, uh, big year for you. And, uh, yeah, We'll see what 2020 has in store for you, too. I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much, guys. It's always been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, awesome. D. Thanks, D. Take have care. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. All right, there you have it, D. Challenge champion, D. Nguyen. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. That um, was, I, I loved going into her, own, her, her world there. <laughs> you know, it's like I just like envision... Like, it's so weird how she kind of like, not weird, but like, it's, it's a unique perspective, you know, like she's so fresh to like reality TV and, you know, the reality TV universe, you know, it's yeah. like a year. She's, it's been like a, a, a year, maybe two, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I've been playing with this thing since for, you know, almost 15, 15 years, you know, she's done two seasons. She's got more championships. Then Leroy, she's got more championships than Jenna. She has the same amount as Zach. That's uh, pretty crazy. I'm about to roll off a list for you, D. I want you to tell me what this is, all right? Camilla, Cara, Ashley, D. Nguyen. What is that list? Mm, I don't know, the most money won by a female? No, those are the only women to win a challenge in the last three years. Mm, three years, huh? Yeah. Who's it? Would you say? Would you say Ashley, Cara, Ashley won Camilla. two. Ashley won two. Cara won one. Camilla won one. And now we have Dina Win winning one. And of course, War of the Worlds Part One famously did not have a female winner at all. That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. And then, and then, interestingly, with the uh, with the guys too, it's it's it. I feel like it's a short list too. You know, because like, with CT now winning two. CT winning two. You don't have a male winner for vendettas. You got Hunter because I'm still going to count that. I don't care what you say. And you got Turbo. Uh, so, oh, and, and Jordan. So you got uh, Jordan. Oh, so you got Jordan. You got Jordan, CT, Rogan, Hunter, and uh, Turbo. Yeah. No, so, the, yeah. the the female the female female list is definitely more impressive because it's it's so short. You know. 
Yeah, I, it's just it's one of those things where you you look at the other people on that list though, and it's Ashley Mitchell, who you know you say what you will about her, she's one of the best of the last you know ten years. When you think about this newer generation, mm-hmm. you got to put her at the top. Yeah, Car Maria yep. again. And then Camilla. I mean, these are these yep. are three people who, when you talk about who are the best females the last ten years, they're the top of your list. And then there's D, who, yeah, you know, I mean, right now, I mean, two seasons in, you can't can't even begin to talk about her in the conversation. But it's interesting, you know, it's that that someone right now, and again, a Rogan, you know, two not even two seasons in, all right, well, yeah, a season and a, and, a, and an hour in, uh, you know, is also now on the short list of people who have championships. So, uh, yeah. really interesting season. Well, um, and really happy for her. I mean, couldn't couldn't be a nicer uh, person to have uh, won that thing. And the the not having told her parents or her mother that she doesn't that she even does reality TV, having done Geordie Shore now two seasons of the challenge, and having won two hundred fifty thousand is the craziest thing anyone's ever said on the show. Well, I I, I kind of get it, yeah. you know, because like you know the Geordie Shore. It's like how do you explain Geordie Shore? Without, you know, basically saying what she said, she's like, you know, hook up and fight. Right. And, you know, you can kind of when you when you lean on over to the challenge a little bit more, you can kind of, you know, like you said, make it sound a little bit more prestigious. You know, Um, you know, I always say I can really make myself look like shit for being on a reality show, quote unquote. But I can also make myself sound really good and say. I've done a whole bunch of shit that you will only dream about doing. And I've done more fucking cool shit in the past two months than, you know, I could have ever experienced in a full lifetime had I not gone on this challenge show, you know? So it's like, you know, it's, it, it, it depends on how you look at it, you know? And I, it, so I, I get why she's kind of nervous because she does kind of, fall into the, you know, Geordie Shore with the relationship with the stripper thing, you know, it, but you know, she doesn't, like I said, man, to, to, to narrow it all down. I said it too many times already. Just show her the check, tell her the good things. You like the guy it went a little sour and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, and you got to do a whole, a lot of cool things, difficult things to get to that point. Mentally, physically, emotionally, like I, I always say this is, it's, it's, you know, in order to win this thing, it's, you have to, you know, play strategically, politically, you know, like it's, it's a puzzle with people. It's a, it's a huge chess game with, with real people and real emotions and you have to make it to the end. It's a survive game of survival. Anyway. Okay. I'm not, I'm not doing the explaining to mom. Just saying. Yeah, I can't wait to hear how that goes. Um, I mentioned it before, Challenge Mania Awards coming up, patreon.com slash Challenge Mania, only place to vote. And I mentioned it earlier, we have a ton of new patrons, we want to shout them out, now's when I'm going to do it. Want to give a great thanks to all of our new patrons over the past few weeks, the Millers, uh, Sherry Levine, Amanda Valentine, Rachel Albiter, Van Carew, Tanika Brown, Eric Slabby, Meg P., Michaela Hayes, Hannah Callahan, Sean Flanagan, Rebecca Howard, Jay Taint Swayan, Karian Kennelly, Sarah Oliver, Cole Svoboda, Hunter Hoffman, Crystal Beverly, Cara Woods, Sinead, or Sinead maybe, um, Kelsey Cottrell, Krista M, Cassie, uh, Sharisi Dick, uh, 
Jermaine Rowley, Todd Christensen, Sarah Morales, Susie Kotka, Chloe Knott, Eileen Myers, Jill Grossis, Holly, Travis F., Israel Lozano, Samantha Wagner, uh, Jamie Brown, Summer Cumberledge, Catherine Ann Boutwell, Vanessa Steiger, Ainsley Boswell, Julie, Katie Biaganes, Jay Rayner, Maggie, Graciela Reguea, Megan Vizina, Tori Emerald, Katie Jarvis, Jessica, Joy S., Adi Maslavich, Bob, Staten Vermeer, Dre Scott, Lynette, Heather, Megan Hayden, Sarah, Ali Leonard, Heather, Shep Seitz, Paula Sampson, Tyshawn, Katie Carney, Alana Sockel, Megan Holland, Megan Hayden, Lindsay Mass, Lorena Dickerson, Jack Wilson, Lynn Carroll, Adrian Lopez, Giovanna, Giovanna Moreno, uh, Ann Ashley, Whitney Austin, Joshua Peppa, and Julie Whitaker, and Lisa Goodrich. Thank you guys. And oh, that Tiffany P, Michelle Malari, Brian Joseph, Candy, Trey Will, Monkey D020. That's how I know I didn't read these. I don't remember Monkey D020. Nicole Buchler, uh, Melanie Jacobson, Tony Aquilina, Jesse Lynn, David Nastasi, Joy S. Heather, Gigi Moreno, Megan Milam, Whitney James, and Amber Terrell. Thank you all. You have fucked with the right Patreon. We appreciate you guys. Um, thank you to everybody who's joined Patreon in the last few weeks, last few months, all year. Uh, dude, I've been sending out, you know, I know you sent some stuff out this week, some surprise stuff. Um, we've been trying to thank as many patrons as possible, send some holiday goodies and whatnot. Um, we got the fantasy football finals, uh, this, this, uh, this coming weekend. I want to shout those folks out too. It's something we do every year. This is really fun. Of course, we came in last once again. Um, but, uh, this is a really fun thing we do every year with the patrons at patreon.com. You're not picking next year. Slash- You're not picking next year. Well, you're certainly not picking next no, year. No, well, no, this, I'll do some research here and, and the problem is, to be honest with you, I try to like do things that I think you'll like. Like I took Juju Smith Schuster because I thought you liked the Steelers. You know, uh, we took whatever. Their, okay. All right. Anyway, but it's not about us because we came in last. It's about the people who came in. Yeah, but we can at least get in not last next year. Yes, that's a good you way. To, that's a good way to start. Uh, it's about the teams that came in one through six that made the uh, the playoffs, and of course now make up the finals going into our final weekend. Toe tap and Tony time, which is Nick and Riley, and they are playing for the autistic self advocacy charity and Popcorn Muscles, which is Danielle and Mike the Cat. They're playing for the yeah. ALS Association. Whichever team wins, their their uh, their charity will get all of the the prize money. Um, it's going to be awesome. As well as first place is also both the people. So both members that make up the team will get their own appearance on Meet the Patrons. Both get their own two VIP meet and greet tickets to the Challenge Mania Live of their choosing. Both of them will receive a hoodie from the Challenge Mania shop. Um, also, second place, they will each, the team will each receive a uh, Challenge Mania hoodie. And third place will get a uh, sticker pack. And uh, to playing for third place is Breeze Nuts. That's Emin Roderick. And Cheeky Punts, that's Mike B. And Steph Severino, unfortunately, not going to repeat as champion, but could come in third. Um, so, uh, 
So they're playing for third, and then first and second will be decided by that first matchup that I mentioned. So congrats to everyone who played. It's You're playing for a great cause. Really cool. I love that we get to end the year giving a massive donation on behalf of the Challenge Maniacs to one of those awesome charities. All the charities are great. Obviously, only one can get the donation, so it's either going to be uh, Autistic Self-Advocacy or the ALS Association. So happy to do that for either of those when we find out who wins this Sunday, or I guess it bleeds into Monday, or is there no Monday Night Football this Sunday, or this Monday? I don't think there is, because um, I think they have a Saturday game instead. So toe tap and Tony time, popcorn muscles, you guys know where to be. Glued to your seats, watching that unfold. Right now, it's uh, projected, I don't know if they need to update their lineups, but they're, they're only projected to win by two points, the uh, toe tap and Tony time on this thing I'm looking at. So could be a battle here. Yeah, I'm just I'm just waiting for uh, the the popcorn muscles logo to show up on one of these challenge T sites as a as a as a, a football folly from Challenge mm. Mania. Um, I promised some secret info for the outro and you guys who stuck around, so I'll kind of roll through these live dates we have. TicketsChallengeMania.live. Um, uh, this Saturday, Miami, Florida. Uh, there's CT. There's Nani. There's Mark. And of course, there is Mr. Josh Martinez. All I'll say, this is all I'm going to say, is there's a chance, there's a chance there might be like a, a maybe like a special guest. Maybe. That's all I'll say. Um, and I also want to let you guys know, uh, patrons know, and uh, meet and greet people know, we will be doing something after that information will be given out at the meet and greet uh, over at patreon.com as well. Um, we like to spend as much time with you guys as we can. It's going to be a great weekend in Miami. Okay, Nashville. We've got uh, Mr. Eric Banks. We've got Tori Hall. We've got Kendall Shepard. And we've got Matty Bro. I think we have another person, surprise, I believe. I don't know if he's surprised, but uh, Clint, my man Clint from Real World Atlanta, hit me up. He said, dude, you know I'm living in Nashville. Can I come to this thing? So he will be there as well. Hasn't appeared on a challenge yet, but if you've seen the guy... He's a nice tall drink of water, so uh, he, he should be fun. He seems like a good time, so uh, a good hang, and he'll be there in Nashville. I think we're working on maybe some other things as well for that too, right, D? Uh, Thinking yes. about it, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, like as more guests yeah, or maybe, maybe as in like a uh, cool after party? Oh, definitely will be an after party in Nashville. Uh, you got your boy who runs a really cool place in town. Won't say what it is, but I uh, got a place in town. We will be going after the show, but that'll be exclusive to the VIP meet and greet tickets. Only a couple left, so you got to get over to ChallengeMania.live for that. Um, and then uh, I announced this on social media, but just so you guys know, no Challenge Mania Live in February, no Challenge Mania Live in March. The next one. Between January and April will be April 4th, WrestleMania weekend, Tampa Improv, Tampa, Florida. This is uh, this show needs to make up for three months worth of Challenge Mania, so you know we're going to blow it out. The first guest we have to announce is Hunter Brian Barfield. Papa Hunter will be here. Uh, that'll be a, a great guest to have. Good to catch up with him. And then also we're going to load up that lineup as best possible. Tickets to that, as always, ChallengeMania.live. That one's a little tricky because the way they do it, um, they have two different pages for the VIP ticket and the regular ticket. So what you do is when you go to ChallengeMania.live and you go to the Tampa Improv site, just go to their calendar, go to April 4th, Saturday, April 4th, and you'll see. It'll say, like, click this if you want the VIP. Click this if you want the uh, the regular GA. Lastly, August 1st, Dallas, Texas, the Addison Improv. 
that's going to be an awesome show too. I can't announce anything yet, uh, other than they did say that one will be 13 and up. So if you do have some younger maniacs who wanted to come and you live in the Texas area or not, that's the one to bring them to. They're being a little bit more lenient than some of these places tend to be. I believe Tampa's 18 and up. Um, you got to remember these places are comedy clubs. They're used to doing their shows at night. They've got the, you know, everyone's doing the two drink minimum typically and they like to keep it, um, sometimes even 21 and over and sometimes they're willing to do the 18 and over, but sometimes we've gotten a pushback when we try to go lower. That normally only affects a couple people each time, but I like to try to do it when we can. So just got word Dallas will be 13 and up. Um, and I have been in talks with some very interesting people for Dallas, a former challenge champion, uh, that we may or may not have talked about in at length on one of our recent uh, deep dive episodes of a very old season. Um, some even call them a challenge legend I've been talking to who uh, says as of now they will be there. So that'll be a fun one. Dallas, Texas, August 1st. All these guys, you can get tickets to challengemania.live. So um, hopefully that info was worth sticking around. The, uh, the good old outro for... And uh, it's Wednesday when this is dropping. You're hearing this on Wednesday. Um, the reunion will be airing. Survivor's finale is airing. Then, of course, we have Challenge Mania Miami. We're traveling Thursday. You're traveling Friday. Um, then we've got Christmas coming up. Um, don't know when it'll be coming. We might have some awards uh, coverage, some nominee announcement pods for you. But this might be the last full-on Challenge Mania of 2019. So I want to bid you a farewell and once again say happy holidays to everyone. Thank you guys so much for your support all year. Special thank you to our patrons over at patreon.com slash challengemania. Anyone who bought a t-shirt at challengemania.shop, remember you can get those long sleeve tees for the rest of the year until the new year. $22.95, even cheaper than a regular short sleeve shirt, the long sleeve tees, any design you want. Um, thank you guys who have listened to one podcast, who have told a friend, who have subscribed, rated, reviewed, followed us on Twitter at Shot of Jaeger, followed us on Instagram at Scott of Jaeger, followed D anywhere at DerekMTV, joined us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Challenge Mania Podcast because this was a great year for Challenge Mania and we couldn't have done it without every single one of you. So thank you so much. Thanks everybody. Have a happy holiday and a safe new year. Thank you, guys. We'll see you in Miami. All right, guys. This ends your time here on Challenge Mania. Take care of yourselves, and hopefully we'll see you in the future.